Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. Church, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that God is faith, faithful today, and I'm so thankful that his mercies are new each and every morning. God is so good, and today he has an incredible message for you guys. Also, I just want to quickly point out that Eric mentioned in the pre-service gathering that I was practicing my sermon to him in the car, and my advice to you guys is you should definitely do that, (laughs) because it is an incredible moment where maybe your friend, maybe your parents, maybe your spouse is driving, their attention is fully focused on the road and on you, there's no other distractions, they can't walk away, they can't turn on the TV, they can't look at their phone, nothing, they are solely focused on you and on the road. So honestly, I think it was a genius idea. So if you are practicing for a presentation, for a sermon, anything, I highly, highly recommend you do it in the car. Well, I hope you all are having a great morning. My name is Kara, and I am the children's pastor here at Community Church, and I am so excited that I get to be with you guys this morning. Normally, you see me either on the pre-show gathering or during announcements, or you see me in the kids' videos, which is up online, so kids, go check that out. It's a great great video this month. We are focusing on kindness, and God has so much for us and the kids at Community this month. Today, we are going to be focusing on love, and why is that? Well, today is Valentine's Day, and it's also very special because it is my parents' 29th anniversary. Mom and Dad, if you're watching, happy anniversary If you have an anniversary today or coming up, let us know. We want to celebrate you. We want to celebrate your love story and let us know how long you guys have been married for. We'd love to hear all about it. Well, I remember mine and Eric's first Valentine's Day. We were in Bible college and um, we were these poor, poor college students. I don't know if you've gone to college, been to college, But there is a college budget that you live off of, and let me tell you, it is not much. So Eric went out to the dollar store, and he picked up all these little, uh, like, knickknacks. They were the cutest little things, and then he wrote little puns on them. So I think one was a Kit Kat bar, and it said, um, you are such a great Kit Kat And then another one was a lint roller. Like, I I looked at the lint roller, and I was like, who in the world needs a lint roller? But then I started using it, and lint rollers are life-changing. If you need one, you should go and get one. But on the lint roller, it said, stick with me, babe. And so, like, there were just a few other ones. He's really into puns. I don't know if you're into puns. If you are, let us know some of the puns you love. But it was so cheesy, it was so good, but it was the beginning of our love story. And I don't know if you remember the first time you saw your spouse or the first time you said that you loved each other. 
the beginning of your love story, the love story that you saw unfolding before your eyes. And today we are going to be talking about the greatest love story ever told. And the love story is about the love that God has for you and I. And if you guys want to turn with me to 1 John 4, verse 9 to 12. I don't know, it may be on the screen. If it is, look to the screen. But if you have your Bible, I highly encourage you to open it up and turn to that verse. And this is what it says. This is God. Oh, sorry. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his love, sorry. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Isn't that awesome? that God's love is made complete in us when we love one another. Also, fun fact about the author of 1 John. It was John the Apostle, and he also wrote the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John, you guys might remember probably the most famous verse, and that's John 3.16. And it kind of goes like this, For God so loved the world... So here we have John talking about in 1 John that God loves you and that we love because he first loved us. And then in John 3, 16, he talks about for God so loved you that he sent his only son. I don't know, but I feel like John loves writing about love <laughs> and he loves letting us know that God loves us so, so much. And the first thing we can learn from John is that we love because he first loved us. God first loved us. John 4, 1 John 4 verse 10 says this, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And have you guys ever wondered what love is? Like, I feel like sometimes love is kind of difficult to explain. I mean, you can explain it with like flowers and chocolates and fuzzy feelings and like movies and books. And there's so much that we could use for love. But I feel like it's difficult to explain because we either feel love differently, we express love differently, or maybe we haven't ever experienced love. So how do we explain something that we actually have never experienced? Or you do something like this. You watch a movie, let's say The Avengers, because I feel like The Avengers is a big one. And you watch it and you're like, I love this movie. Like, I'm sure all of us are guilty of being like, I love this movie, whatever it may be. Maybe you're into the Hallmark movies or maybe you're into The Avengers or the Marvel or the action or whatever you're into. You've seen a movie and you're like, I love this movie. Or coffee lovers. I feel like coffee lovers are next level. They create different Instagram accounts to tell you all about the different coffee beans and how to roast them and different machines you can use and how they work. And like, it's a whole nother level. Like every other sentence I feel like for coffee lovers is about coffee. It's like, oh, I can't wait to have that next cup of coffee. And so you hear them say often, I love coffee. Or you've probably heard someone say, 
I love my gym, I love books, I love skydiving. But then in the same sentence, you hear them say, I love my spouse, I love my kids. But if we take a second and like step back, do you really love your gym as much as your kids? I mean, sometimes you might say yes, especially during COVID and especially when we're all cooped up in our house and we're not allowed to really go anywhere, nowhere's open, school was just out, it's finally back in, and all the parents said amen. But when schools weren't in, we were all cooped up in our house doing online learning, maybe you guys started getting on each other's nerves, the internet started to cut out or it was failing, and it, it was just not good news. So then you finally get to your gym, and it's like, yes, it's me time, I can focus, I can get ready. And maybe during those times you're like, I love my gym more than I love my kids at this point. <laughs> but if we look to 1 Corinthians 1, sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, and if we look at what Paul says about love, this is what he says. Love is patient and love is kind. It does not envy and it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. Love never fails. Now, I'm sure you have heard this scripture at a wedding. I feel like it's the most famous wedding scripture. I feel like it's quoted every single time what love is. But this scripture gets even richer and even better when we realize that God is love. His character, his nature, who he is, he oozes it. God is love, and he loves you. And we first love because, sorry, we love because he first loved us. And so when we read scripture like this, like what Paul wrote about what love is, we can begin to see the character of who God is, that God is patient. He is so patient with us, that God is kind and he is not envy, that God does not boast, he is not proud, God does not dis uh, dishonor others, he's not self-seeking, he is not easily angered, he does not keep record of wrongs. God does not delight in evil. He protects. God trusts. God hopes. God perseveres. And my favorite one, God never fails. We sang this morning about how faithful God is. God hasn't brought you this far to just drop you off. God loves you immensely, and he chases after you, and he pursues you, and he loves you and the amazing thing about his love is that it's unconditional. So when we read this passage from Paul and when we realize that God is patient and he's kind, he's a good God that we can trust. And 1 John 4 verse 10 also says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us. And John goes on to make a few more bold statements in 1 John 4, verse 8 and 1 John 4, verse 16, where he declares that God is love. And he says it so clearly. This is love. He pursued us. You didn't find God. God found you. He created everything. And he's like, I want to get to know you. I love you. I pursue you. I want you. And here's the thing that's so amazing about God, 
that God wants you just where you are. And here's the thing, too, that as God pursues us, we aren't the ones that are lost. I mean, we are the ones that are lost. God isn't. God says, I want you, the broken, the hurting, the lost you, the you that I created, the you that the Bible talks about, that he knows every single hair on our heads. Isn't that amazing? God knows every single hair on our head. Like, Eric loves me. I know it. He definitely loves me. But he definitely does not know the amount of hair on my head. He could take a guess. He may be close. But he will never know where God loves every single detail about who you are, that he even knows how much hair you have on your head. And even when we feel like, but God, I messed up. Or, God, I haven't even spent time with you in the last week, in the last month. Life is just so busy that I just haven't carved out time, except for Sundays when I listen to a sermon. God says it doesn't matter. I love you. I want you. I'm pursuing you. I think you are amazing. And the amazing thing about his love is that it's unconditional. We know that First John, when this was written by John, it was originally written in the Greek. And the Greek definitely had issues with love, too. Like, they used it in every context like we do. We love our spouse. We love our coffee. We love our alone time. We love our favorite jeans. They used it in all different ways as well. So they came up with four different examples of love, different words for love. The first one is storge, and this is a family love. This is normally what a parent would love their child. It's a family love. And, like, family love is so funny. I feel like you could hate or be mad at your siblings one minute, and then the next minute you're like, yo, want to go get some pizza? Like, let's hang out. Like, it's so funny. It's like no other type of love. Then you have the philia love, which is a friend bond. This is someone that you love because you have something in common. Maybe you guys go to the gym together. Maybe you're in class together. Maybe you work together. This is a bond that you have because you have things in common. Then they have the eros love. This is the romantic, passionate love. This is what all the movies and the books are based off of, written off of. This is where we get our relationship goals from. This is the passionate, romantic love, the eros love. And then finally, we have the agape love. And this is the unconditional love. This is the love that God has for you and for I. And this is like no other love because this love is not based in emotion. This is an I choose you. I love you regardless of what you've done. You can't achieve this love. You can't do anything special to earn this love. I love you for who you are. And it doesn't matter. It's not based on me wanting to love you today and not loving you tomorrow. It's a steady godly love where he says I love you regardless and here's why that's so powerful when God when John says that God is love he does not say that God is eros love and he does not say that God is the philia love or the storge love no when John says that God is love and God loves you, he means it in the agape love, the unconditional love, the always pursuing you, the love that never stops. 
For him, for God, to not love you would be for God to deny himself. And God can't deny himself. God loves you. It's his nature. He wants you. He pursues you. He seeks after you. He thinks you are incredible. And he says it doesn't matter what you've done or what you did or what you're going to do. I love you. I love you so, so much. But God, I messed up. God, I've made mistakes. And he answers with, that's okay. We can work this out. I love you you. I think you are wonderful. I chose you. I walked across the cosmos. I walked across the universe. I love you. It's who I am. It's like a parent's love for their child. So Eric and I have a one-year-old. His name is Bradley, and he's incredible, and I love him. And I loved him first, knowing that I was not going to get anything out of it at first. <laughs> like, I first loved him, and he is learning how to reciprocate this love to me. As he grows, as he matures, in his own special way, he is telling me he loves me. Now, I show him that I love him by feeding him every day, cuddling with him, telling him a million times. If you are a parent, and if you are a first-time parent like me, I feel like me saying I love you to Bradley is like every other sentence. I'm like, I love you, Bradley. I love you, Bradley. And I work from home, so I feel like it's a lot. But I want him to know that I love him and that I am a safe place for him. And even though he can't say I love you back, as he grows and as he learns, he will begin to learn how to reciprocate that love to me. And it doesn't matter what he does. I mean, he could not take a nap, and I'm just exhausted. Or he could be up basically all night, and I'm just crying because I need my sleep. I still love him. It doesn't change the way I love him. It doesn't affect the way I love him. And that's the same way that God loves you. It doesn't matter. He loves you so, so much. And as we begin to learn how to love God, it's just this incredible relationship that we have with him. And now here's the question. How do we respond to this? How, how do we go from knowing that God loves us, knowing that God cherishes us, knowing that his love is unconditional, that it's not based on any works, it's not based on any acts, it's not based on what I do? How do we go from the knowledge of knowing that God loves us to moving into responding? So at first we're like, okay, so he first loved us. And so now that's why we love. God is love, and we're learning how to love and how to respond to this. See, the thing is, we know that God is love. He is the agape love. He's the unconditional, never changing, always pursuing. We know that he is the great initiator of love. But now it's up to you and I. We get to choose whether we respond to his love or not. See, the incredible thing about God is he doesn't push his love on us. He's just always there waiting for you to respond. And we get to choose whether we respond to his love or whether we don't respond to his love. So how do we respond? Well, John started out this verse talking about God being the great initiator of his love. We love because he first loved us. God sent his only son to be a sacrifice for us. But at the end, John ends it with telling us how we can respond to his great love. 
He is going to help us in a way that we can respond to God's incredible love for you and I. And John 4, 1 John 4, verse 11 to 12, he says this, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. I don't know if you've caught that, but it says, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So first, we understand God. We know that he loves us. We know that his love is unconditional, never changing, always pursuing, wanting to get to know us, to now we have to respond to it. And we need to show God's love. And how do we show God's love? By loving one another. John will go further and say that no one has ever seen God, but when we love each other, when we love our neighbors, when we love our friends, when we love our politicians, when we love strangers, that God's love is made complete in us. God is agape. He chooses you. He loves you. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he pursued us. And when we respond to his pursuit, not to get his attention because you already have his attention, not trying to get more blessings because we have the ultimate blessing in Jesus. Everything else is just icing on the cake. But this, when we begin to have a heavenly focus, when we begin to look to eternal life and we know that we need to love one another, we need to focus on love. Today is a special day, and I know that some people... Like, okay, so when it comes to Valentine's, I feel like it's very split, like 50-50. 50 people, 50% of people are like, I love Valentine's Day, and they go all out. And then the rest, like the other 50% are like, ugh, Valentine's Day, why do we even celebrate this? I should be loving my spouse or loving my friends every single day. Why do we need a special day to do this? Well, I think Valentine's is amazing because I don't think you need a spouse. I don't think you need a significant other to celebrate this day. I think this is an incredible day to get us to stop our busy lives for one moment and focus on our friends and our family and our loved ones in our lives and to let them know how much that we love them. I think this day is a great reminder for us to just say, hey, I've been thinking about you, and I just want to thank you so much for all that you've done. To give your mom a special gift for all that they've done in your lives. Or to stop for a moment and let a friend know that you're thinking of them. Maybe they're going through a tough time. I mean, COVID has been so tough on all of us. To just reach out to a friend, to bring them a coffee, to bring them chocolate. Everybody loves chocolate or food. Bring them food of some sort just to remind them that you love them, that you're thinking of them, that you are so thankful for them. Maybe just taking some time out of your day and letting your neighbor know that like, hey, just thinking of you, just want to let you know that you're awesome. You see, what's so amazing about stopping what you're doing and showing people how much you love them today is that no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us 
and his love is made complete in us. Isn't that amazing? That when we love one another, God's love is made complete. Not when we're doing something extravagant, not when we're doing something that we're like, we're going to definitely get God's attention from this. But when we bring someone a coffee, when we just let someone know how much we appreciate them, when we write them a note, when we just show them our love, that is when God's love is made complete in us. So here's my question for all of you. If John makes it so clear that our response to God's love is to love one another, then how come loving people can be so difficult? I mean, I'm sure we've all been there where you've talked to somebody and in your mind you're like, whew, I'm so glad that's over. We made it through. Or you just like smile your way through the conversation. Or you go to a grocery store and you're like, oh, I hope I don't see anybody you're like in your workout clothes and then out of the corner of your eye you see somebody you know and so you duck down the closest aisle and you think to yourself that was a close one what about you're thinking about someone and you haven't seen them in a while and you're like I know I need to call them I know they're going through a rough time and I want to reach out and I want to talk to them and I want to call them but life just keeps getting in the way and you just keep pushing it further back and further back, and further back. But if we receive God's love, and our response is to love one another, why then is it so difficult sometimes to love one another? Well, I think I've come up with a few reasons. Now, it's probably not all reasons, but a few reasons. One would be we don't show it because we actually have never received God's love. How many of you know that you can't give something that you've never actually received or experienced. I don't think there's any lack of supply of God's love. I just wonder if you haven't received God's love. You can't achieve it. You have to receive it. See, in Bible college, I was an RA, which represents residential assistant. So basically what that meant is I enforced all of the rules in the girls' dorm, so I made sure that there were like no hot plates in the rooms, that the dishes were cleaned up in our common area, that people were in on time for curfew, just different things like that. I made sure, I was kind of like the parent of the floor. And what that also meant was that there was a period of time where I wasn't allowed to leave school at all, like for no reason. It was called on duty. And so that means you were on call 24-7 every single day for a certain amount of time. I think it was like a week or two, you weren't allowed to leave the school. And I was craving McDonald's milkshake and french fries. And I was like, I need this in my life right now. I can't leave the school. I'm dealing with all of this stuff. And I just really want a milkshake. So Eric told me, who is my husband, he was going out with some boys to get some food. And I was like, oh man, this is my chance. So I said to him, babe... Can you please get me a milkshake and fries from McDonald's? Here's some money. Please, I can't leave. I really need this. I'm in desperate need of this. And he was like, yeah, sure thing, babe. I'll go and get that. So hours go by. I'm talking like three, four, a hundred hours go by. Not quite. But it felt like that when you're locked in the school and you can't leave. And so I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. 
and I finally hear the knock at the girls' dorm door. My bedroom was right beside the girls' dorm door, entrance door. So I hear that knock, and I'm like, please, I hope this is Eric. So I go out, and there he is, my knight in shining armor. I mean, it wasn't milkshake and fries. It was more like a smoothie and cold fries, but it still did. It was still good. It was still better than the calf food. It was amazing. And here's the thing. You see, Eric brought me something that I wanted that would fill me up and that would meet my need. But if I didn't open the door, then I couldn't have received what I needed. And the Bible talks about that. God stands at the door of our heart and he knocks and he knocks and he knocks and he knocks waiting for you. He's not going to force you, but he but you have to respond to him. You have to receive. You have to accept his love. You have to open that door. Many times we don't receive God's love because we haven't opened the door to God's love. The more we get God's love, the easier it is it's going to be to show God's love to those around us. When you start receiving God's unconditional love, you're going to be a lot nicer to people. It's going to be easier to be patient and kind, especially during this season. You've got to receive it so you can show it to somebody else. I will never expect out of you which he hasn't first deposited into you. He hasn't asked you for something that he hasn't given you first. Another reason why I feel like it can be hard for us to show God's love is we don't show God's love because we have forgotten where we came from. It's been said before that you can't drive a car when you're always looking in the rear view mirror, when you're always looking to your past, even though you're trying to move forward. So how many of you know that you can't move forward when you're always looking to your past? Yet, we should add to that statement that it's going to be really hard to move forward for a really long time if you don't have that rear view mirror. See, in the kingdom of God, you forget the former things and you begin to focus on God, and you begin to focus on the things that he has for you, that he saved you, that he sanctified you, and in order to know how far you've come, sometimes it's really healthy to look back once in a while, to see where you've been, to see where he took you out of, and now you're moving forward into all that he has for you. And you might not be where you want to be right now, but aren't you so glad that you aren't where you first were, that he's bringing you forward, that he's faithful, that he has incredible and amazing plans in store for you. See, let me be clear. Before you were, you were, you were them. You were the new Christian. You were the new person on the block. You were the new person at work. You were the new teacher. Before you were you, you were them. And give them the love that you needed back then as well. JJ, can you come up and just play the piano? See, here's the amazing thing about God's love. Is that he has so, so much in store for you. And he loves you regardless of what you did yesterday. Regardless of your past. All you have to do is turn towards him. All you have to do is make yourself available 
and receive from him. God, I need you. I repent. God, I love you. I want to receive everything that you have for me because your love is good. Your love is kind. Your love keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus, you are all I need. The Bible talks about how God supplies all our needs. And he is calling you today. He is longing for you today. He is pursuing you today. And now it's your turn to respond to his love, to make yourself available to his love, and to begin to show his love to those around you. You see, we all need grace. And we all need God's love. And the Bible talks about how love is from God. It's his greatest gift. And God is calling us to respond to his love. First, we need to recognize that God is love and we love because he first loved us, loved all our flaws, said, I chose you, I love you, I call you out of where you were into what I have for you. His love is unconditional, never changing, and I don't know about you, but I am so thankful today that I can rely on a God who's the same today as he is tomorrow, as he will be in eternity, that he is faithful like we sang today that we can trust and hope and persevere in him because he is good and he loves us. That his love is patient and kind. And then we finally need to respond to his love. And of course, this is a choice. You get to choose. This is your moment. Are you going to receive his love or are you going to pass it up? And I promise you, Choosing to receive his love is one of the most incredible, best decisions you'll ever make. You will never regret choosing God's love. You will never regret receiving his love. You will never regret following him because he is so good and he loves you unconditionally. All you have to do is respond. God, here I am. I want to be a part of this great love story that you have written for me personally. God chooses you. God loves you. And when we do respond, we need to go and we need to love our neighbors. We need to love our politicians, our friends, and our family. If we're being honest, COVID is hard. It's emotionally hard, it's spiritually hard, it's lonely but also demanding. So today, I challenge you in this season that seems like it's never ending, I challenge you to take a moment to love on your neighbor, to love on your family, to love on your friends. Remind them that in this season that they are loved that they are cared for, that there is someone standing with them continually. And the incredible thing about showing God's love is that his love is made complete in us, that people can see God in and through us when we begin to love one another unconditionally with no strings attached, just like God loves you and I. 
So today I challenge you to go, go out into a world that is in dire need of love, dire need of support, dire need of companion, dire need of community. God calls us to love. So today I encourage you to respond to his love and to go out and love one another because in that people see God and things begin to change. So let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you for your love. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.communitychurch.ca.